0: Due to the graphic nature of this urban legend, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes descriptions of gore. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. He hunts his prey through the woods of Prince George's County. He has cloven-hooved hind legs with a long, broad torso of a man. Some say he's a damned man, or an escaped science experiment from the local research facility. Like Bigfoot, he lives alone in the woods, biding his time until someone is brave and foolish enough to come looking for him. You may venture into the forest in search of some hoof prints or a blurry photo, but once you enter his domain, the last thing you'll see is the gleam of his hatchet ...as he strikes. Welcome to Haunted Places, a Parcast Original. I'm Greg Polson. Every Thursday, we take you to the scariest, eeriest, most haunted real places on Earth... ...and share their stories. This episode is part of our Urban Legends Halloween special... Every day for the month of October, we're presenting our spooky spin on an urban legend. Then, diving into the history of the horror. Like it or not, each terrifying tale contains a grain of truth. You can find episodes of Haunted Places and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Haunted Places for free on Spotify... Just open the app and type Haunted Places in the search bar. At Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. And if you enjoy today's episode, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. Today, we examine an unconventional urban legend— Based on the rumors of a cryptid living in the woods of Prince George's County, Maryland, a strange hybrid between Bigfoot and a hook-handed killer, this monster lurks in both the dense forests and lovers' lanes and has a particular appetite for teenagers' blood. He is the Goatman. cryptid enthusiast Mark Upsosnik notes that there are three major elements to the Prince George's County Goatman story. The Goatman is always bipedal while still being half-goat, and he is always either a scientist that was transformed after an experiment with goats went horribly awry, or a hermit-like creature that lurks next to the road. Fortunately for him, his curious fans are all too willing to seek him out. All Reg wanted for his birthday was a trip into the woods near Fletchertown Road with his three best friends. Tony, Finn, and Eric were more interested in video games and parties than they were in hiking or being one with nature. But Reg promised he'd make it as painless as possible. He packed the supplies, including all the booze he knew his friends would want. He found a good campground. He had it all planned out. Eric and Tony complained loudly about the bugs and the branches as they walked down the trail. What was the point of the woods anyway? Nothing interesting ever happened to the woods. Reg pointed out that they could look for the goat man. Eric and Tony rolled their eyes. But Finn, who had only been at Bowie High for about eight months, asked him what he meant. Glad to have a receptive ear, Reg regaled them with the story. In the 70s, a German shepherd, Ginger, had gone missing. Flyers were hung on street posts. People canvassed the neighborhoods, looking for the dog. Eventually, they found her. But her head was missing. It had been cut clean off. They searched around for the head, but it was never found. Eric laughed. It had to have been some freak accident with a train or something, not some half-goat, half-person. Reg had expected this reaction. Luckily, they'd reached the part of the hike he was most excited about, The Beltsville Agricultural Research Center loomed just ahead. A wall of red brick surrounded by cattle fencing. He peered down, scanning the massive fields with his binoculars. Then, something made him pause. He shoved the binoculars at Tony, pointing. Tony squinted, cocked his head. Then he handed them to Finn, who leaned so far forward to investigate... He nearly fell off the ridge. Finally, he passed the binoculars to Eric, who said he saw nothing. The boys began to argue. There was a hole in the research facility fence. A big one. A massive one. Eric suggested a cow just got excited. But Reg was unnerved. Even Tony knew the goat man was supposed to have come from here. Some kind of science experiment gone wrong. Finn joked, saying if he was turned into Phil from Hercules, he wouldn't want anyone to see him. It was four in the afternoon. They were perfectly safe. Red shook his head. There was one more story he hadn't told him. Something had happened a few years ago, not too far away from their chosen campground. A couple had driven into the woods after prom to watch the stars. They had been too distracted to notice the air growing heavy, the sensation of an oncoming storm even though the night was clear. It was hard to pick out which body parts belonged to which victim in the morning. Chunks of flesh stuck to the dashboard and seats, but some organs had been thrown clear out of the car. Some poor forensic tech had to spend hours collecting the tiny pieces for evidence. At first, investigators had thought some apex predator went rabid, but then the lab results came back. Every single cut, hundreds and hundreds of them, had been made by a razor-sharp axe. No one said anything for a while. The images played through Reg's mind over and over again. He could almost taste the blood in the air and imagine the bones in the front seat. The Goatman had a taste for violence that rivaled the most sadistic members of humanity, a hunter in search of the most dangerous game. Twigs snapped somewhere up ahead, and the boys were thrown back to the present scanning the woods for any sign or sound it was tony who made a joke to break the tension reg was just overreacting the noise wasn't even that loud but the goat man wouldn't be able to catch so many people off guard if he was loud he was quiet the only sign of his approach was the change in the air reg reminded himself that the sky was clear Then thunder rumbled in the distance. Maybe this had been a bad idea. Finn asked him if he was all right. Reg recovered quickly and quickened his pace, putting as much distance as possible between himself and the apparent source of the sound. The sun had begun to sink when Tony told them they should stop for a minute, catch their breath. The campground was at least another mile off, but they had all been moving faster than they probably should have. Like something was chasing them. Eric asked Reg about the couple again. How were they identified? How did they know that the goat man had done it? It was a hard question to answer. Reg told him that there had been goat prints at the scene of the crime. But there wasn't any sort of goat population to speak of in the woods of Prince George's County. There had been a pair of horn imprints on a nearby tree, six feet above the ground. The air had been heavy with the scent of rain that day too, but the storm never came. Eric shifted his weight from one foot to the other. Reg told him it was okay to be scared. They were safe as a group. Eric said he wasn't scared, but Reg could see his lips tremble slightly as he spoke. Tony shoved him playfully and called him a baby. He turned to ask Finn to agree, ready to pile the teasing on. But Finn was gone. Reg called out for his friend. The sound bounced off the trees. No answer came. He squinted in the dying light, searching for a glimpse of Finn's artful but too-long hair and Stranger Things t-shirt. Dusk was falling quickly into night, and he could barely make out the brown of the trees against the black sky. They were still half an hour from the campsite, plenty of time to get lost and not find a way out. He turned on his flashlight and told Tony and Eric to stay right there. Reg dropped his pack to the ground and yelled Finn's name again, casting the small beam of light back towards the trail. There was no response. Reg took a deep breath and set off into the darkness alone, roving the light in a seamless arc across the forest. He glanced behind him. Tony and Eric were sitting on the ground, just watching him. Their eyes glowed back at him eerily, shapeless predators in the dark. Reg turned back to the trail, He wandered to the left of it, searching the surrounding area. Fifty feet ahead of him, the light caught on a set of broken branches. The gap in them was over two feet wide and six feet tall. The Goatman. Then, a cry in the distance. Finn! Reg took off running toward it. The flashlight cast wildly as he ran, lighting his path in frantic slashes. He called out for Finn again and finally heard a response. Reg raced towards the noise, stumbling as branches hit him in the face. Thorns dug into his cheek. Reg didn't stop, letting them rip away at the skin until the vine broke. He caught a glimpse of Finn in the distance. Reg kept his flashlight trained on his friend's face as his feet struggled to keep up. Finn's silhouette seemed to shift as the light bounced, growing and shrinking. Finally, the trees fell away, and Finn was standing there. His tall frame folded inward in a sheepish stoop. His embarrassment at needing to be rescued was obvious. Reg asked him if he was okay. Finn pointed out that he wasn't the one bleeding. Reg wiped the blood from his face. Finn was okay. He was okay. They were okay. Finn said that he'd seen something off the path. He thought it was a wounded animal. But when he left the trail, he lost sight of both it and his friends. He said he'd been shouting for ages. It seemed like the perfect opportunity for Reg to suggest that they head home. But Finn told him that as long as the scratch on his face wasn't too bad, he'd like to continue. They had a goat man to find, right? Reg told him they should at least have some hot dogs and cider first. Maybe that birthday cake schnapps they brought as a joke. He walked him back towards the right path, arm around his shoulders, Leaves blew through the clearing as the two boys' backs receded, the forest covering their tracks. But there was something strange about Finn's footprints. They looked more like hoof prints. Up next, Reg and the boys discover that friendship can tear you apart. Now back to the story. Reg, Tony, and Eric were relieved to have Finn back. He hadn't found the wounded animal he'd seen, but they hoped that just meant it staggered back to some little den to recover. The boys decided to put all thoughts of the goat man behind them. No more worrying about frighteningly large holes in secure facility fences or a satyr-like killer who wanted to chop them into little bits. It was Reg's birthday, and they were going to celebrate in style. Tony heated the gas cooktop, and Eric managed to set up the tent. Finn stood off to the side, his face vacant. When Reg asked if he was feeling okay, he smiled weakly. Just tired, he said. They ate beans and hot dogs, everyone except Finn. Finn. He suddenly wasn't hungry, even after a nearly five-mile hike from the car to the campsite. Reg dug at the ground with his shoe. Then, he saw a massive hoofprint in the dirt. Another. Another. There were tracks around the fire. He froze for a moment, looking around at his friends. All the whispered rumors, the late-night message boards... None of them had prepared Reg for this. Could the Goatman shapeshift? Had he taken over one of his friend's bodies? Was that possible? Had he just seen too many werewolf movies? He told himself he was being ridiculous and settled down on a log. These were his friends. It was his birthday. The fire stung Reg's eyes. Through the tears and the smoke, Reg could see the hazy figure of Finn, flames dancing in his gaze, laughing quietly to himself. Tony knocked into Finn, beer sloshing from his cup to Finn's face. Reg shook himself, reminding himself that these were his friends. The sinister look in Finn's eyes was just his imagination playing tricks on him. He took a sip of cold water, but it tasted like ash on his tongue. Eric punched Reg in the shoulder and told him to lighten up. It was his birthday party. He should be having a good time. Eric threw a pre-shaken can of beer at Tony. It exploded in his hands as he tried to catch it. The two boys' laughter echoed around the campfire. Finn only watched, a sardonic smile on his face, as Tony and Eric's roughhousing became a prolonged hug. Reg could feel Finn's eyes on him. He turned to see his friend's head cocked at a strange, unnatural angle. Reg asked Finn one more time if he was all right. He didn't say a word. Finn, or the creature using his body as a suit, studied Reg for a minute. Then he got up and shuffled into the tree line. It was half stroll and half gallop his shape bending and stretching with each step before slipping into the shadows themselves. Reg was frozen, fascinated and horrified, feeling the idle electricity around him. The storm that would never come, had come. When Finn came back, he was holding an ax. Tony was smiling, whispering in Eric's ear. When Finn grabbed him from behind, tearing him out of Eric's arms. Horns burst through Finn's skull, twisted and black. He raised the axe. Tony screamed, but no one was coming to his rescue. He yelled at them to run. Finn sliced Tony's side first. His torso split open easily. His organs pulverized by the quick and efficient strikes. Pieces of kidney and spleen fell to the ground at Tony's feet. He flailed. And he twitched. Then he stopped moving, dropping to the grass like a rag doll. Eric raced away, but the goat man followed him. Reg ducked behind a tree, trying not to breathe. Eric screamed for help. Reg shut his eyes, trying to block out the chopping, crunching, squelching, ripping, tearing of his friend's body from his ears. Finn. No, that thing that had been Finn knew that Reg was here. Perhaps he planned to spare him. Reg removed his hands from his ears, listening for any sign. But there was nothing. The woods were still. Crickets stopped chirping. Nightbirds ceased their flight. Everything held its breath. Then, Finn emerged from the darkness, his slim frame stretched and creaked to become the broad gray torso of something almost human. His legs elongated, the bones of his feet swelling and fusing into massive hooves. Coarse hair sprouted all over his body. What used to be Finn's face stretched wide. The eyes grew narrower, spreading away from the bridge of his nose as they turned yellow, the pupils turning to black handlebars. The cheekbones stretched and smooth to bring him closer to cattle than man. Reg's legs were trembling, but he could finally feel them again, so he stood up. The creature that had been Finn followed him as he walked from the fire back towards where he'd set his camping gear. Reg tried to stay calm, even though Tony's remains lay mere inches away. He tried not to think about it. The chunks that had once been his friend squelched beneath his feet. The creature loomed behind him, silently. Reg knew there was a hunting knife in his bag, if he could just get to it without arousing the creature's suspicion. Reg dug around in the bag, his hands finally grasping at the wooden handle of the knife. But a hairy hand grabbed his leg, and a razor-sharp axe opened up his back. There is no concrete date for when the legend of the Goatman began to appear in Maryland. Barry Pearson, who ran the University of Maryland Folklore Archives, states that the rumors began to gain real traction in the 1950s, which also coincides with the growth of pulpy mad science narratives in American media. Prince George's County has its own potential supervillain hideout in the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center, a red bricked and white columned 6,500 acre campus where the USDA has conducted real life research into both environmental and agricultural sciences since 1910. This facility stoked the imaginations of the people living in Prince George's County due to its surprisingly stringent security standards. The United States have been waging quiet battles to protect American agricultural technology from both public and private espionage since the Second World War. For this reason, the work they did within the facility was shielded from the eyes of the public. As far as the people of Maryland knew, there really was mad science going on behind closed doors at the facility. The rumors of the Goatman built to a fever pitch in 1971 when a German shepherd was found decapitated. The story was absurd enough to get national attention, landing in the Washington Post. Reporter Ivan Goldberg wrote, ginger a sprightly mongrel who resembled a german shepherd has been decapitated cleanly at the neck the body is not found while goldberg speculated that the dog may have been struck by a train several locals went on record to blame the goat man seeking out the goat man has become a kind of rite of passage for the youth of prince george's county as the story gained traction with teenagers, his chosen prey began to more strongly resemble them. As with iconic Lovers Lane urban legends like The Hook and The Boyfriend's Death, the Goatman began to target teens who were on the lookout for a romantic rendezvous. From a cultural perspective, it's unsurprising the Goatman targets young lovers. The goat has long stood as a symbol of debauchery, they're associated with wine, sex, and a general lowering of inhibitions. This is largely due to their connection with both Dionysus and satyrs in Greek mythology. While we may think of Dionysus as the merry god of wine, his followers were given to fits of inebriated savagery, running around the woods like wild animals and tearing their victims to shreds. Not unlike the Prince George's County Goatman. Additionally, goats are frequently tied to the Christian interpretation of the devil. While the Goatman is rarely rumored to have made a deal, he certainly punishes sinners who enter his woods, especially if they've been having sex. In many ways, the Goatman is a cipher, changing his origins and form to fit in where the young believers of Prince George's County want to take him. But the crimes that have been connected to him are real. Maybe that decapitated dog really was hit by a train. Maybe rumors of viciously mutilated couples were just rumors. But in a land of dark woods and winding roads, where eerie pairs of yellow eyes and goat-like silhouettes wait on the edge of your vision, is it really so hard to believe that the man with the hatchet may not actually be a man? at all. Thanks again for tuning in to Haunted Places. We'll be back tomorrow with a new urban legend, and on Thursday with a new haunted place. You can find more episodes of Haunted Places and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all your favorite podcast originals, like Haunted Places, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Haunted Places on Spotify, just open the app and type Haunted Places in the search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, at Parcast, and Twitter, at Parcast Network. Until tomorrow don't believe some of the things you hear. Believe all of them. Haunted Places was created by Max Cutler. It's a production of Cutler Media and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler with sound design by Kenny Hobbs. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Haunted Places was written by Lil DeRitter and Jennifer Richey. I'm Greg Polson.